Let us worship God. reading from the prophet Isaiah, the 65th chapter. In preparation to hear these words, uh, let us pray. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out upon us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, that our hearts and minds may be open to hear your word this day. Amen. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard or the cry of distress No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days, or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. 
They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by God and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the, ox, like the ox, and the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountains, says God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. the second reading, Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 40. And Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who reveres God and does what is right is acceptable. You know the word which God sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace by Jesus Christ. Christ is Lord of all. The word which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed, for God was with him, and we are witnesses to all that Jesus did both in the country of Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day. 
A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the son of humanity must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. Sometimes it takes a minute for our minds to catch up with what we've seen. For example, who ever heard of a rabbit with shoes and a coat besides? But so it was with Peter Rabbit. In this season that so often features rabbits, I've been thinking about him. There is an art exhibit at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London featuring the work of Beatrix Potter and the origins of the tale of Peter Rabbit. Turns out she wrote it first as an illustrated letter to the son of her governess who was sick in bed with scarlet fever. She didn't know what to say, so she told him a story of four little rabbits named Mopsy, Flopsy, Cottontail, and Peter. After a harrowing adventure, Peter, as you might recall, ends up in bed himself and in the loving care of his mother with spoons full of her chamomile. Learning of the tale's origins gave me a newfound appreciation for this ending. For someone who began by not knowing what to say, Beatrix found her way into taking a cooped up boy out for an adventure and returning him home with a friend. Sick in bed, nothing changed and everything changed. Like a mother rabbit's chamomile, she sent a spoon full of medicine through words on a page. Sometimes we need a reminder of the life around us, a reminder that the world outside is still turning. Peeking through the windows, we see the life that was hibernating is coming out now, revealing new buds, green leaves, and if we're lucky, out from beneath the big fir trees, rabbits. Noses held skyward, smelling the air, 
hopping through gardens and becoming round with bellies full of radishes, still upsetting Mr. McGregor, no doubt. There is an unruliness, a bounciness, a playful and sunny disposition to the season appropriate for Easter. The dark clouds of winter have lifted. Even the rain feels friendlier in the spring. Easter is many things. Like most celebrations of life, it is a time of family, of community, of eating in abundance. It is the promise of sunnier days requiring stunning hats, with the triumphant sounds of brass filling sanctuaries around the world, Easter is encouragement. It is a buttress for all who have borne the labor of rising against oppression, of reclaiming some essential part of being human from whomever or whatever has taken it. And in this particularly weary period of history we have known, Easter is also the victory of leaving the tomb of despair and catching a glimpse of life in the garden emerging again. A glimmer that makes us believe there is still room for life, for hope to emerge in us again. Reading the books of the Hebrew Bible is like receiving letters from family members or old friends. For all the idiosyncrasies and points of tension to be found, their stories inevitably take us on an adventure and bring us home with a friend. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, with the Babylonian exile, the people have lived through what was for them another particularly weary period in history. And it lasted for generations. The memory of death and destruction was never far away. The curse of losing children and homes was still felt. Though our ancient ancestors are notoriously hopeful people, they were having some trouble imagining the new life before them. So Isaiah takes them back to the stories of their childhood, an adventure to the creation of the world in Genesis, to the tales of their ancestors who visited gardens before them, to the days when to live a long, full life was to live 700 years, 900 years, 800 years. Isaiah takes them back to the people who dreamed them into being and who became the dream of those future generations. So long will their lives be, as blessed, as full, as those who first walked upon the new creation of earth. They too will know the blessing of children, numbering the stars of the sky. There are some dreams, some hurts, that only the earth can hold. Isaiah opens a window. 
renewed with creation. The earth holds his people's dream of regeneration, of green blades of grass growing tall enough to bear seeds. The earth out of which they were born and into which they will return. The earth that supported them as they journeyed, found the horizon and the steady heartbeat of all will be well. They will rise to new life again. Perhaps not all at once, but gradually they will wake to the sun shining. And the same God present at creation will be there rejoicing with them. Sometimes it takes a minute for our minds to catch up to what we've seen. Though there tends to be a competition and a judgment set up for being able to believe or recognize or understand the full implications of an empty tomb, on the Easter morning we celebrate today, no one in our readings immediately understood. It took time for those faithful, spice-carrying women to make sense of the stone being rolled away. It took time for them to remember what Jesus had told them. And even that came with the prompting of two others clothed in glowing garments. It was nonsensical to the disciples who heard the tale. And had Peter fully understood right away, there would be no need to run to the tomb, to continue to look for the living among the dead. It took time. And there is something refreshing about that. For it takes time for new life to fully reveal itself, just as it does with the bud of a flower. We think it needs to happen all at once, but we are given a whole season to live into new life. After all his running, it is Peter's long walk home that captivates me. It is his Easter tide. With his amazement is born a glimmer, a possibility that there is still room for life, for hope to emerge in him again. The stone has rolled away. Jesus' body is gone, but he's not with him yet. Nothing has changed, and everything has changed. The friend and teacher who died is beginning to live in him. It is this peek through the window that greets us this Easter morning. With Peter, we are given today and a whole season of tomorrows to enjoy the walk home, wonder about what we have seen and been told, and find the living we seek. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.
As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God. Thank you. 
Let us pray. Holy God, you have fed us in word, in silence, in community, and in song. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. Go forth this day and delight in the new life emerging in the garden within you and around you. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be loved, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love, be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.